good people who have traveled from villages near and far. Lend me your ears. Hello? Hello? Anybody home? What's up, Miss Tasty? What's up, what's up? Hi there, nice to see you. Bumblebee tuna? Bumblebee tuna! Hello, S-Man Tooth. Hello, evening news team. You are now listening to another edition of the Nothing But Real Reviews and More podcast. Welcome to the Goody Room. Their ability to open is f***ing heroic. And now, with your permission, I'm going to do my stuff. What are you going to do? I'm going to do the best I can. Thank you for listening, everybody. This is another edition of Nothing But Real Reviews and More. I am your host, Mike Lucas, and joining me is Aaron Cronigan. Hello. And Steve Rushlaw. How you doing? Good. How are you guys doing today? Good. Good. It's fine. Screw this daylight savings time. Today. Yeah, daylight savings morning. Uh, you said 11, and I agreed to it. <laughs> Little did I know, 11 is not 12 in daylight savings. I just think they need to just get no, rid of it. 11 is 10. Yeah. Just get rid of it. For it real. was for the farmers. Yeah. I think Florida actually just got rid of it. I know Florida and Arizona both don't have it. So. Yep. Well, bravo, bravo to them. Oh, yeah. Those are the real MVPs. Uh, I had something on the docket. Oh, oh, we didn't talk about Oscars at all what? last week. Yeah, Oscars all week. Yeah. So, congrats to our guy. Does Gary Oldman have a nickname on the show? We could call him the Chameleon. Goldman. Goldman. Sure. Goldman the Chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I ever, if I buy a chameleon, I gotta name it Goldman. Yes, you so do. Do you so plan yeah, I'm buying a chameleon. Uh, yes. And uh, congrats yeah. to uh, you got one for Sam Rockwell, Sockwell, Sockwell, yeah, <laughs> Goldman and Sockwell. S- that, <laughs> sa- that sounds like a lawyer firm. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah it does. Or something, someone you invest that's with. That's definitely yeah. a, a Jewish uh, financial service. Right, yeah. exactly. That's what I'm saying. Goldman and Sockwell. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Congrats to to both of them. Yeah. I know that they've those are been two favorites for around here. We've been talking about those guys for. I mean. Oh. Specifically Rockwell, because he's not one you think... Everybody knows Gary Oldman's great. And uh, another yeah. one, Aaron's uh, favorite cinematographer. About time, right? Yeah. Plus he Was it number 13? It. Nom, um, you mean? Something like I that. I think he's... Yeah. Got, Roger Deakins has like 13 or 14 nominations in his career and finally won one. You will, uh, name one cinematographer better than him. Do it. I dare you. I, I don't Wrong. know. I don't know if we can. He's He's been I, I, top I, of his game since he's been here. Yeah, I... Personally, I cannot find one that I like I more than him. I know you don't. Uh, no, more than him, no. But right, I like Emmanuel. No, Lebesky, and I, I, like I don't him think he deserved for three in a row for. I mean, because he did essentially the same thing for three movies. Right, and I, and I get it. I like him. He's good. He does a lot of great things. Just not, 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 not my style. Deacons yeah. is more. I don't. A toned down. I mean, he's a and he's a perfection. He's a master of his. Blade craft. Runner was flawless. I Visually. don't know about flawless. Visually. I have to see it again, but it's a pretty dang good movie. That's for sure. <laughs> I did see every nomination for that category, and I he deserved it far and away. It was yeah. better than everything. Well, good, good. We're we're glad here on the show that he finally got one. Uh, other other Oscar wins that, that we want to point out: Get Out won best screenplay. Yeah, or best original deservedly. Deservedly, yes. Um, uh, was he was what first first African American uh, screenwriter to win? Yes, and did and it win for something else? I don't remember. I don't. It's remember. been a week. I think I think it just <laughs> won for that. 
that best oh, he was the first one to be nominated that was it he was the first to be nominated and then eventually the first to win sure so. um i think best picture went to shape, shape of water of water i have yeah. not seen it you saw it i can't say that i enjoyed it and was it artsy no it was it was i don't know it was just odd it was not a movie i enjoyed it's kind of like this real world setting but also this fantasy story like fairy tale story and then it's just like this weird it sounds super weird because of what what the, yeah. the sex fish yeah and then you sex get, fish yep uh real quick have you guys do you guys are you familiar with pat mcafee yeah, yeah the per, punter the punter he does his own sports talk show and they had a little segment where they were talking about uh movies and they talked about the shape of water and basically, he was like, "This is what's that movie with Ben Affleck and Robin Williams? Is it What Dreams May Come?" Or no, when he's a janitor, what movie is that? Not Ben Affleck. Oh, sorry, Matt, Matt Damon. Damon. Not yeah, Matt Damon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. movie is that? Uh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay, but they're like, "This is I basically can't think of the it." Name of that. I can't think of it. Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Goodwill, not What Dreams May Come. Yeah. What Goodwill Hunting. So it's like, so the janitor finds the equation. <laughs> Yeah, and then it, falls in love. Except in this one, the janitor finds a sex fish. Yeah, <laughs> but basically, the he said that it's Goodwill Hunting. It I I didn't I couldn't get into it because Michael Shannon, as good as he is, played like the most cliche cartoonish villain, and it just was dumb. With Michael Shannon, I think you kind of just have to let him be himself. I think when he plays a villain, that's his that's his role. Like he's, totally, he's got the facial features and the. It, he's, he's got the face of a villain. Oh, he yeah. just looks angry. Oh, constantly. he looks angry all <laughs> the time. Yeah, you're right. In all the things that I've seen him in, it's like, dang. I wouldn't call it an RBF, but it's close. Yeah, it's close. I know. I don't know if there's a, a um, villain version of RBF. Yeah. Um. I think uh, another one. Uh, best actress went to uh, Francis McDee. Yeah, for for three billboards. Yeah. Which. Uh, <laughs> She was good in it. She though. was good. She in was it. good in it. Yeah, she it was, was very good in it. I but just, I agree with you that that movie was. I mean, she, it was good, but hey. Shane, yeah, thought thought that it was not as uh, challenged as we thought. So, have you seen it? I've seen it. I thought it was a good movie. Um, the acting in it was really. Oh, good. the acting. I, I, my the, thing is though, I never said it's a good movie. The acting is great, but from just comparing it to the two other great it's movies different. that that guy's made it's different i would rather watch in bruges or seven psychopaths yeah which we have reviewed on our show so, so maybe eventually we will get to three billboards and then finally have a, a complete breakdown I, i'm of sure it. eventually we will yeah totally uh any more oscar talk did uh who who did you say best actress uh francis mcdermott yeah and then who was the uh i Tanya winner um i c- uh, can't think of her name, but she was I Tanya played the mom. Al- uh, Allison Janey. Yeah, yeah. Is. I haven't seen it. Um, I don't plan on it, but it does come out on DVD this week. Cool. Yeah, I did. Uh, I mean, as much as I said that Shape of Water, maybe I didn't like it as much. I saw seven out of the nine Best Picture nominees. Yeah, and I can't say that it didn't deserve it over any of those. So. Well, I, I did not see. It wasn't your cup of tea, but you're fine with it. Winning. I'm fine, yeah, because it looked great. It was a, it's a good story. I just couldn't get into it. Sure, that's fair. That's that's fair enough. Um, we did not do a full Oscar podcast, so this was kind of our mini mix up. We might do this again. 
uh, with the next crew on the next show. So we're, we're, we're a week late and a dollar short, but that's actually just kind of how our show runs. So let's let's kick things off. Um, we have movies coming out to DVDs this week as well as into theaters. Uh, and then let's get right into... Uh, Steve, you want? Did you want to do your top five on this episode? Yeah, I'll do my top five. Okay, so we'll we'll, we'll rematch Steve's top five from last week. That was never said. Yeah, last week we did top five movies, like what most anticipated movies for this year. Right, and Steve couldn't make it and texted his list to Shane, and I literally asked. <laughs> I stopped and asked, and I said, "Hey, do we <laughs> yeah. have any other lists?" And Shane's like. No, why? Maybe I should have sent it to somebody <laughs> yeah, else. Yeah, right. Well, dude, don't. <laughs> or a couple people. That's what I said. Yeah, you'd have Shane, to send yeah, it to Shane like, the group. Basically said no. F Steve. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna do Steve's top five from last week, and then we have a review of the Darkest Star. So to kick things off, movies coming out to DVDs. Let's do that this week. So this week we got a plenty of movies coming out. Um, I think six main, and then some other bad ones that I won't mention because they look awful. That's fine. Okay, so the six main ones that probably everyone's going to get excited about or actually go see. Um, Justice League Boo. is number one. I have heard it was terrible, and it's, CGI oh mustaches God. should not happen. Boo. I will watch it, though. They start the movie with CGI mustaches. <laughs> Do they really? It's... Because I'm disappointed. He was supposed to be in Mission Impossible, right? Yeah. Where he had a mustache. He's got his mustache from Mission Impossible. Well, okay, so well, time out. What they did, they did uh. Uh, like reshoots, and he refused to. I think he was contractually obligated to keep his mustache for Mission Impossible Six. So they had to do the reshoots while he had his mustache, and do CGI like. You think it could have been better? Right. Well, my biggest thing is like, why not? Have him shave the mustache. I understand it's in the contract, but like, have a makeup guy put a mustache. I think that would be easier than <laughs> doing right. CGI. Uh, yeah, but I don't know if it, uh, or like a prosthetic right. upper lip or something. Something, I, man. I just think like a CGI taking away the mustache is not the way to go. But I, just I, I think Shane better. said it's really bad. Yeah, <laughs> Shane and Aaron have both said that. The CGI in this movie overall is just Dude, terrible. It's basically and an I'm animated sh- movie. I'm sure the whole thing is CGI. I'm sure. And, I'm sure. and then Batman's got this like spider vehicle thing um, you know, that climbs I'm, walls. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> just go on. So uh, the next one, we got the animated movie, Ferdinand the Bull, starring... John Cena. I will be buying that because I told my nephews I would buy it. Um... Speaking of Shape of Water, it comes out this week. Hey! Yeah! Also, I, Tanya. Yay! Number five, we got The Disaster Artist with Dave and James Franco Yay! and Seth Rogen. I haven't heard anything about this, but supposedly it had some Golden Globe nominations. Well, it was like almost a lock for Best Actor winner they were talking about, but then the whole sexual misconduct yeah. allegation things came up. Yep. So, But I heard it was a pretty good movie, regardless. Might have so. to check it out. And uh, another one that I believe, yeah, got Academy Award nominations is Call Me By Your Name. That's the one. I, the two I didn't see for Best Picture were Call Me By Your Name and Phantom Thread because I have no desire to see either of those. You don't want to see the hammer? Oh, yeah. No, Army, Army Hammer. No, I don't. <laughs> That's got to be the best name in Hollywood, man. And I think once 
really going does. back to the Oscars, I think once again Daniel Day Lewis is in a movie that gets an Oscar nomination. God, it looks with so Phantom boring, Thread. though. It does. Very <laughs> I mean, boring. I have no desire to see that at all. And that is it for DVDs coming out this That's week. That's the good ones. Yeah, mostly. Awesome. Thank you very much. Let's kick it off with movies coming out to theaters. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, people, they're too, uh, Tomb Raider. Pe- I don't I'm not really looking forward to it. I'm that, sure a lot of people will go see Tomb Raider. That's not with Brangelina? No. Alicia Vikander. Jeez, I like her. Okay. Yeah, she's cool. She's Do you even know what she's, she's in? She's good in Ex Machina. She, yeah. yeah. Other than Did that. you know that? Yeah, I did know that. Okay. I think that's about the one thing that I've seen her in. <laughs> she's been in a lot. I think she's been. I know she's been in like a, 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 I'm sure I've seen her in other things, but that's the one that stands out right away. Uh, another movie, Love Simon. Don't know what that is. That he's a that keeps gay popping guy up. That is not doesn't doesn't know how to come out. Is that the? I don't know. Previous? That that keeps coming up on my Instagram feed though. Like every like five swipes, it'll be a like a Love Simon uh, yeah, sponsorship, and I was like, all right, whatever. Anyways, next one, I can only imagine. Don't know what that's about. A movie called Flower. Uh, I'm just going to do one more. The Forgiven, starring uh, Forrest Whitaker and Eric Bana. The other ones, there's a lot of other David, things. David, 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 David Bana. Yes. What, uh, what was that? David Bana. Have you ever seen a Chevy with a butterfly door? Stunt, what are you stunt, doing? a habit. <laughs> get like me. That's a song. No, it's probably like a rap or something. That's not real music. Well, fair. <laughs> All right. Uh, are you guys excited about any of the movies coming to theaters this week? Me, personally, I'm not. Um, never really got into the Tomb Raider I was just about to ask. Movies, but I don't even... I've seen the first one. I don't know if I ever saw the second one with Angelina. I, I think just I've, don't care. I think I've played more Tomb Raider video games than you've seen movies. <laughs> and <laughs> I've played maybe five minutes of the video game. So like, that yeah, tells you my extensive knowledge of the the Tomb Raiders. I, honestly, I'm pro- I'm sure Shane will see it and we'll be able to hear if it's bad or not. I'm, sh- I'm, I'm sure, sure. It's right up his alley. Yes, exactly. Uh, so top five, Steve. Movies. You're not excited for any of the movies coming out this week, but movies coming out for the rest of the year. Um, I think uh, my list, I think every one of them has been said except for one. Uh, I just caught a little snippets of what you guys had said. Sure. Um, number five, I got Deadpool 2. Um, the first one was amazing, and I, yeah. I'm yeah, i excited. Nah, that's Addy. up there for me. Yeah. I don't know if I'll see it. Deadpool, I did go see on opening night when yeah. it came out, but I don't know if I'll go right away to yeah, see this Yeah, I don't one. know if I'll go opening day either, but I'll see I'll some. Re- I'll hear, read some reviews and then go and see Totally, it. totally. Um, number four, I think Aaron said it, Isle of Dogs. Um, yeah. It looks pretty good. I'll probably see that one. Oh, yeah. It, the f- I enjoy following its release. I enjoy <laughs> his movies. For five bucks. Um, number three, I think, is the one that I ha- that nobody else said, um, is Ready Player One. Uh, my wife uh, told me to read the book, and I enjoy the book. Um, it just has a lot of snippets of like music from the past and kind of talking about different things. Which one's that one? I, I, I remember it's seeing a Steven a, Spielberg movie so, and it's, it's essentially like a, what is he? He's in the internet or something. So he, <laughs> he's they, in they, virtual they, reality. They pretty much wear these headsets because it's like low poverty, um, world pretty much. that has gone to the t- tubes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for censorship. Yeah, I tried. Um, 
But so it they, just it has a bunch of pop culture references like the Iron Giant and Back to the Future, the car, and it, like there's little Easter eggs. But that's cool. And so this guy dies, and then he leaves like a trail of a treasure hunt, and it's about all these people trying to get the treasure before this like company gotcha. steals the world, pretty much. Steals of the world. That's pr- I, I get it. I get it. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, number two, the endless. I believe Aaron. I think Shane might have said it too. I'm not sure. That one, I, I'm interested. That one comes out soon, I think. The trailer was interesting. I'm excited. Sure. And then number one, um, obviously being a huge Marvel fan, uh, Avengers Infinity War. Um, yeah. So they, do we know yet for sure? When they first... Are, are they doing two, part one and part two, or are they just doing it as one? Um, so the first one is Infinity War. When they first started, it was going to be part one, part two. Um, I think part two is not going to be called Infinity War. That's untitled because they don't know what to call it. So I'm sure when they get to that, they'll rename it. But it's not. It's gonna, still going to be a part two. Just won't be Infinity War part two. Do you think they would title it Poopfinity Wars? Could or in Poopity Wars? Could in Poopity Wars? Yeah, yeah. That was McNeil's suggestion. Yeah. Well, I um, agree too. Because when they first started with the with the yeah. Marvel movies, I was super excited to get to Infinity War. Yeah. But it just keeps kind of. It's too long in the making. Yeah. Um. So we it, just get 50 Marvel movies with zero consequences for any of the main characters. So. I'm hoping a lot of people die in this, but I'm assuming they'll just be like, hey, we're Marvel. Throw them back in. Right. Um, no, they'll kill. Oh, I think we were talking about this. They'll kill off the, the people whose contracts are up so they yeah, can start over right. fresh. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that's my top five. Thank you. I like your top five, by the way. Thank you. I had top five of my own last week. I heard it. It was not very good. Thanks. I think you, I don't. <laughs> I think I, one was Mystic River, which I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> you said a lot of movies that have been out for good ten years, guys. But I, I I'm looking forward to seeing them. I thought that's what the top five was. Uh, you haven't seen Mystic River? Weren't you on that podcast? Yeah, he was. Yes, he was. I think I picked. <laughs> Didn't it. watch it, did you? No, I picked. I picked it. <laughs> no, I picked that. Did you? Yeah. You sure about that? Doesn't matter, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, let's move on. Speaking of Isle of Dogs, that's a Wes Anderson film. Yes, yes it is. This is not a Wes Anderson film. Good transition. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Perfect. But no, I, I will bring up uh, a Wes Anderson later in this review, by the way. Ooh. It, yeah, just, so that that is a real transition. God, now people, I mean, people are just about to sign out and just be like, I'm done. But, you know, yeah. you, you dangle a Wes Anderson Cliff reference. Hanger. Yeah. <laughs> Cliff Woo. Hanger. Uh, by the way, guys, uh, our top fives, sorry, I, I, for, before we move on, our top fives are all on the website now, so you can go check those out if you are truly interested. Also, all the movies that we are looking forward to uh, the, and that you might like are on our website, nothingbutrealreviews.com. Uh, anything else you want to say about the website? Send an email or tweet your yes. top fives or suggestions or for top Facebook five. Us. Or we're on Twitter. We don't tweet, but we're on it. Yeah, somebody else should do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Hey, man. Shane's not the very, very I love best it. in social media. I love it because... But he's it's, learning. It's like seeing a monkey trying to operate <laughs> the computer, and it's like, what what, what could happen? Let's just, let's just <laughs> let him play for a little while. No, But uh, I will say he's done a good job at, no, absolutely. at the, the website. Uh, go absolutely. check it out. It looks uh, much better. And any help that he wants to offer, I'm I'm happy to have because oh, yeah. I'm not tweeting. I was so. about to say I'm not doing. I don't tweet. Uh, dude, I don't tweet my own personal life. I, you know, this is yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I have Twitter just so I can read up on right. sports and stuff. I creep on people on Twitter. That's about all and I do. And then when people talk about politics, I unfollow them because <laughs> nobody wants to hear that. Word. So. Darkest Hour. PG-13 film. Two hours, five minutes long. Biogra- biography, drama, history film. Uh, during the early days of World War II, the fate of Western Europe hangs on the newly appointed British Prime Minister, Winston Churchill, who must decide whether to negotiate with Adolf Hitler or to fight against incredible odds. Directed by Joe Wright, it, right, written by Anthony McCartan, starring Goldman, Lily James, Kristen Scott Thomas, and there's a, there's a couple of names that you will know. Let's say uh, Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn, Stephen Delane, um, was Ronald Pickup Truck a guy? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all about the big names in this. Okay, I just like his name. Ronald so. Pickup. Uh, this is, by the way, the movie that we were talking about where Goldman won his yes, best Academy Award winning Goldman. Yes. Uh, the film gets eighty six percent certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, and audience gives it an eighty three percent, giving it an eight out of ten. You know, uh, critics, by the way, 7.3. Critics' consensus, Darkest Hour is held together by Gary Oldman's electrifying performance, which brings Winston Churchill to life, even the even when the movie's narrative falters. You picked it. I did pick this movie. Why? I, I honestly picked it before he won the Oscar. Um, I think yeah, that's right. You guys had texted me that it was my pick, so I picked Darkest Hour because um, I heard it was a fun, phenomenal performance. Um, and then that night, he won the Oscar. Yeah. Um, I watched it yesterday. Yeah. And I'd say that's about true. Um, I picked it mostly because I love Gary Oldman. Totally. He, he could be in 20 different movies, and you, you would, wouldn't recognize him. Right. My wife he, didn't, because we were about three quarters of the way through, and she asked, well, I thought Gary Oldman won for this one. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, see that main guy? <laughs> my my wife goes, That's him. who's that? And I was like, Commissioner Gordon. As That's long as great. I say Commissioner Gordon, yep. she knows who it is. Uh, I had a guy at work, and he was like, "I, you know, I heard Gary Oldman was really good in this film, and I... I didn't recognize him the entire film, and then I had to wait for the credits to see who he was. I, that's hard to believe because he's got distinct eyes and mouth. I, so at, even at under first, the makeup, you can you can definitely at, tell. At first, I couldn't yeah. see it, but then you're if you sit there and like look oh, at yeah, it, definitely. you can definitely tell it's definitely. him. If you look for it, but you he's can got tell, the fat suit on and everything. It, didn't this win for makeup as well? Yes, so, I think it did. Yeah, I think it did because uh, the makeup artist actually was in retirement. Gary Oldman's like, no, I don't want to put on weight. Like I'm 60 years old, I'm not going to put right. on 100 some pounds. Well, like, it was pretty fantastic. Yeah, because even uh, his wife, they they did. Some yeah, 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 absolutely, stuff. yeah, definitely. I think they made. Uh, I was looking at some pictures between Go- Goldman's Churchill and the actual Churchill, and I think they had a little more wrinkles on Goldman's, but it's, I'm fine with it. It's interesting how close. Though, no, they do look alike. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's very eerie almost. But uh, the, this movie, I, I don't know how you guys feel about, it, but this is uh, the perfect movie for characters like. It is a good narrative. It's characters it's, working within their environment. Yeah, it reminds you. These historical dramas like I- the Imitation Game or Bridge of Spies where it you kind of need some powerhouse performances to keep you interested totally. during the lulls. But they are... I mean, that, I, I liked this movie more than I thought I would. I was kind of expecting a dull 
movie experience, but totally it kept me interested. I'll say when I Aaron asked me last night um, what I thought of the movie, and I said it's a historical drama that was kind of boring, but the but then as I sat there and thought about it and thought about it, I I enjoyed this movie. I think the transitions from the like war scenes totally um, worked into this well, along with Goldman. It really you. made you. I don't know, like when you think of World War II, you don't think of this period in time where there Hitler was on the brink of well, victory. Yeah, and I and I think that is also kind of a little different from the American perspective. Yes, because at this point we're not, nothing to do with it. We're, yeah, like literally <laughs> the entire Western civilization is falling apart, and, yeah, and America's like, ah, yeah, it's on you guys. Sorry, <laughs> uh, we can't. Like we could, but we can't. And you got you kind of heard that in. The movie when he's yeah, talking to uh, so, Roosevelt. So I I did some like research behind that and because I was like curious like I didn't want to be duped again with the like, imitation game. The imita- yeah. Where you're like, oh, this is so accurate and so this movie's actually pretty accurate. Yeah. So the phone call didn't take place, but there is a letter that took place that Churchill wrote to President Roosevelt, and it, it had the forty fifty warships, some of the. The money and you know, like that all took but for place. a film. What's more effective? Absolutely, a phone call and, or a and the, the they did have a direct line between each other. Churchill and the the president did, but it did not take place till like two or three years after this. So it's really interesting. And the the directors was like, I think it was more effective this way, you know. And it's you know that direct line of this director, contact. by the way, is. Very good. Yeah, he's done Who Framed Roger Rabbit, uh, uh, among other things. Did he actually do Who? No. Oh. <laughs> I mean, one of these days. Actually, I did that with one of the directors. And you were right. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Well, but what else has he, he done? He does very, uh, like, oh, he dramatic did Pride and Prejudice. Prejudice film. Yeah, Pride I didn't and look Prejudice, Anna, Anna Karenina, Atonement, which was very good. The Soloist. Uh, so, uh, Hannah was a very good movie. But he, I mean, he does good things. Everything he has this distinct look to it, like this one did. Absolutely. Oh, I loved how, <laughs> I loved how the lighting didn't change. Like you, people would walk through the scene and the light would change dramatically, and I love that. Speaking of, I think we keep t- <laughs> this thing was nominated. It says right on there six Academy Award nominations, but cinematography was one of them. Yeah, I and think some of his transitions fantastic. Were yes, perfect. Um, yes, I, there's one scene where it's I think he's going up in the elevator when it's black and it just shows him riding up in the elevator. Yeah. I thought that was a perfect scene. So w- when I talked about Wes Anderson earlier, this film reminded me a little bit where it of, had the kind of the panoramic side scrolls where, where it a, would yeah. track along the yes. character yes and 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 i mean wes anderson takes framing to a whole nother level well and this but it had that same kind of right. almost borderline staged feeling right. absolutely but it's still it's set in the elements still and it was yeah some and, of the shots were fantastic in the yeah. movie especially my my favorite shot i don't know well, I guess I have two. When he's walking out of Parliament and everybody's like waving their handkerchiefs yeah, and making that, the that's sound. That's a very good scene. That is a very impactful scene. That and I think it's it's like the book end. It's kind of like a mic drop. It really is. <laughs> it really is. Uh, Modern and, day and, mic drop. And it looks amazing because you have half of the the scene overlit 
and half of it in the shadow stuff. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. And then the second scene that really stood out to me is when he is on the phone with President Roosevelt and he hangs up and the camera like pulls back and it's just, just black. One, yeah. And yep. it's like he's one isolated. Room. Yes. It, it. God, that movie. Or that's that, what I that's mean. It captured the movie. feeling of, of hopelessness and the weight that this guy's yes. dealing with because even at the beginning of the movie, you get the feeling he says he's he's being given this position because it's a sinking ship and nobody else wants to take the fall for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But man, it it just and then he's in that dark basement room by himself, like just shattered, and then the king comes in. I mean, you get the feeling of just desperation. I think even with that feeling of desperation, it was able to add some some comedy into it. Totally. Um, I think when he's first walking out of the house and he gives the V. Up your bum. Uh, <laughs> the V. That scene was fantastic. As, so, as soon as he did that, I started busting out laughing because it made me think of Hot Fuzz yeah, when he yeah. does it. Joggle. And then they're sitting there laughing and he's like, "What? You, why are you laughing? That scene was great when she told yes. him. And he's like, uh. Up your bum, and he, and he just starts busting out laughing. Oh God, it was that was a great, great scene. scene. Yes, oh, yeah. yes, it and really those, was. Those pieces of humanity within the you know, like political ongoings were what made this movie better than like when he's on the. And I know this was this was a scene of where they took liberties with the real life, but when he was on the underground. So yeah. Um, can I, can I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I probably read about the same because I did look because same thing after. Oh, uh, you didn't want to be doomed. Yeah, it's like come on, ninety percent of this is untrue, right? <laughs> for imitation right. game. But no, the the director said this was that scene in particular when he's writing the underground is a fixed, fixed fictionalization. I said that really weird fictionalization of an actual truth. So they say he would disappear for hours at yes. times. He would actually hold meetings with random people. Speak with random public right, people. Right, and he yeah. would just talk and stuff. Um, but it said about, about the only time he ever rode the underground was in, like, 1926. And so that never happened, but these real things. It was a representation of what right actually happened. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's awesome. And, it's, and that was... Uh, probably the the best and easiest way to do that by the way the train stops on the london underground i was actually there like two years ago a lot faster than that so he would not have time to talk to all these people <laughs> just just throwing that out there I, I i thought it was another good scene because it actually it was actually him oh absolutely getting some info from uh definitely a, a lay person pretty much definitely and it and it, sh- it, like you said, the humanity. It shows his humanity, and he just he wants to do the right thing. And you can tell that the the performance is so powerful because he he is struggling with these two things the entire movie. It's so great. I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about this. But. I think he absolutely one hundred percent deserved the Oscar because it just like you said, the subtleties of dealing with the pressure of what he's dealing with while still trying to remain hopeful and Absolutely. being the one person that's like we even if he's completely lying and saying we're we're on our way to victory and we're pushing back totally like, he had to be that one guy to do that and i i think honestly that that in in desperation in times of war in in some situations i think lying to the public might not be the worst thing in the world well and even at the end what was the line where uh, the the guy says what happened? He's like, well, we just mobilized the English language. Like that's his his yes. tool, his weapon 
was his words. And Absolutely, that's how he accomplished what he did in in his uh, Lily James. I can't remember what her character's name was. His the secretary. secretary. Yes. Uh, Elizabeth Layton. She was real person. She came a little after when the movie actually sets her in. Uh, but she had a memoir, and she was like, "He was the like the best orator and writer I have ever seen." I, he, the dude, was a master of the English language, and well, and that's why. I mean, how many quotes do people know? Oh my, of speaking Winston of Churchill, <laughs> I I loved how they ended the movie with the quote. Um, it just popped up on screen. I took a picture of it because it, it, it really stood out to me, and I really loved it. Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. And I think that sums up World War Two. Yep. Pretty Specifically well. at this point in the war. Right. Right. Uh, this this I don't know if you can tell, but this movie really, like, it. I don't like character-driven movies a whole lot where there's not a whole lot of action, but this movie really made me cling on to every word of it. And and that's such a high stakes point in history that Absolutely. And that's why I love these things because the decision of one man affects the outcome. Can you imagine if the decision had been made to surrender? Yeah. I mean that changes history completely. And that's why it's that's why it's interesting to me. It's because totally the decision of one man in this one point in history affects so many people. Yeah. I think a lot of that has to do with Gary Oldman's performance in this, playing that character, but Totally. I think a lot of it was just listening to the words that he was saying, trying to and that's what it was, listening to his speeches throughout. And like you had said, he was a master of the English language. Yeah. I don't know if these were actual like speeches that he had given, but like the words I, I'm in not his sure either. were phenomenal and i looked up winston churchill just to see how different he looked from gary oldman and like you said a lot of things popped up they were just quotes yeah from him yeah we uh i don't know you guys haven't seen dunkirk have you no i, I, have, I wouldn't I have. ask about you this should there those two movies as much as i didn't really like the way dunkirk's timeline happened because Christopher movies, Nolan does unnecessarily super Christopher Nolan thing where it's, it's like three different timelines that mesh together. I wonder if the Dark Knight's out of order and we just don't know it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like it all makes sense, but it doesn't actually make sense. Anyway. But I, I think this was a much better movie in my opinion. But I think Dunkirk to watch it as kind of a complimentary movie to this movie. I wonder if that's good. an accident. It was nice to see. I don't know. That the, that both movies came out the same year, right? right. The same time. Yeah. It was nice say? to see Dunkirk before this because they're sitting there talking about Dunkirk and what's going on. You're like, oh, I watched Dunkirk. I know what's going actually going right. on over there. And this had one scene of hundreds of boats, the the civilian ships or boats totally, or vessels, yeah. whatever, that captured the size and scale of that rescue effort better than anything in Dunkirk. Really? That was my main issue with Dunkirk is it's this gigantic large-scale rescue mission and they never captured the scale of that. They They had like one destroyer and a handful of boats. Yeah, they maybe show like 10 boats. Really? Whereas this, you see a whole Yeah, you see like a fleet of of (laughs) Oh yeah, and that's what it was. Common ships, yeah. I, 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 gosh, I really wish I had seen Dunkirk before watching this. Also, did you notice how in this movie Dunkirk was spelled differently on the map? 
Yeah, all European-y. How is it spelled? It was like, D-U-N-K-E-R-Q-U-E. Huh. Dunkerque. Did I say that right? Yeah. Dunkerque. Uh, but no, I I mean, I don't know where we are in this podcast. I'm, I've just been rambling, I feel like, forever now. I think we've been rambling about the movie, but um, I think we've gotten apart across... No, about this movie. Our love for it, even yes. though we've kind well, of I mean, been bouncing yeah, back I mean, and forth. Yeah, the six nominations I think were well deserved. The, I mean, acting Gary Oldman aside, the acting in this movie was great. Even uh, totally. I, I don't know who the actor is. Halifax, whoever played Halifax. Uh, that was Stephen Delane. Stephen, Del- he was great. Even though he was kind of the. I don't want to say just villain. He but, kind you of know was I mean. the villain in he, this. Yeah, I mean, I mean he, he was he, the opposition. Whatever you, don't you want really, to call him. I mean, you don't really need a villain, but. I think he played the character well, even though he didn't definitely want to be there. Mendelssohn was effective. His wife, Kristen Scott Thomas, was great in this. Um, Lily James. I'd, the only thing I'd ever seen her in is Baby Driver, and I hated that movie so much that I just didn't want anybody in that movie to ever be seen again. And kind but of she was good in this. And kind of from the beginning, you kind of thought that she wasn't going to last throughout the movie. Um, yeah, the opening scene or whatever, yeah. she runs away qu- crying, and then his wife is just like, "Did he make you cry?" Which like, is very true. I looked no. it up, and uh, he was very hard on uh, his secretaries, and he hated the sound of loud typewriters. But that relationship between the two and how that progressed, yeah, was, and how she became almost like a like companion, his, right? Like his the second, one person yeah. you could count on. <laughs> he even took her to the war room to to discuss. Yeah. Uh, Again, not that was true. A little fictional, uh, but 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 it added that same. It was effective so that we didn't have useless exposition. It was a way to summarize exactly what was going on and what these decisions meant without being super expository. I was about to say there was a little exposition in this film, but they hit it very well, very well. And I I thought I thought with uh, Leighton, that's her name, right, Leighton. Yes. Yep. The, um, that's Elizabeth her character's Layton. name. Yep. Uh, where she was, she would read out loud or to herself the script that he's reading off of because the relationship they had and her believing every yeah. word that she said. Those, yeah. those montages of the writing process and the speech process where they kind of blended him giving the speech and then they'd cut to where he was like, writing that portion of the speech and well and then they would do like close-ups of like the typewriter yeah, punching yeah. out the word and i love it, it that. had this kind of this chaotic frenetic feel to it even though it's just this political <laughs> historical yeah. drama i mean the pace of this movie and the way it was handled i think was excellent i honestly it it felt like i got more out of this than a typical two-hour movie. You know what I mean? Because it's moving so yeah. quickly. And it, it throws so much... Like, I was I was like an hour in, and I was like, I feel like I'm a half hour in, but I feel like I have the information from a full movie yeah, already. Well, and you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Because it is, I think it's just over two hours. And yeah. it, it's... For a historical drama, you would think that it might drag, but I thought it, it flew by. Absolutely. Um, we've talked a lot about the good things of this film. What did they do wrong? I myself didn't... I don't know if... Okay, so the cinematography was great. The way the shots were set up, I didn't care much for the lighting because it was like this weird, soft, bright white lighting that didn't... It felt kind of unnatural. I liked it. 
I liked it was just in the parliament where it's just this kind of like spotlight white light. So that that happens sometimes though. When you're on it, when you're like shooting video and stuff and it looks fine to the naked eye, you put a camera on it and like it's super bright in some yeah. areas. And that's probably how parliament looked back then. And it could be. I just it kind of didn't it felt didn't, different didn't from like the it. rest. I don't know. The it rest of the just, lighting was could, fantastic. It could have just been the small confined space that it was. Sure. Um, I mean, in the in the bunker, the almost like dungeon-like rooms yeah. with the the lit by a single light bulb hanging in the middle, that was great. The weird red light when he's giving his speech on the radio, that was a great yeah. looking scene. But I mean, there's not much to pick at on this about this movie because I think it was almost every part of it was handled fantastically. I don't know if I can really pick out anything that was really bad about this movie i mean at first watch i was like oh, i couldn't care for it but then when I'm, I'm like thinking about it i was like man i really enjoyed this movie and everything about it um do you have anything mike N- no i don't know <laughs> that sounds I, more like <laughs> you said no but i heard no yes. there's a feeling in there. <laughs> no i i honestly i don't um i think this movie did a lot better in the way of showing the war scenes than Bridge of Spies did. You know what I mean? Where Bridge of Spies, you get like they were the mi- U-2 spy plane flying over and then it getting shot down. And then like y- this, I think well, this was did an it- actual troops, boots on the ground war. I haven't seen, totally. but there weren't, there weren't any war scenes. I haven't seen movie. Bridge no, of no, Spies, no, no, no. but I think they, the, the war scenes in this were minimal, but they still gave you right. Everything you needed to know about, what oh, happened? Definitely, definitely, and that's what I'm saying. I think this one did it better than Bridge of Spies. Whereas Bridge of Spies, you get maybe five minutes of the entire film, and it's literally just like we're getting in the U2 spy plane. We're get we're flying the U2 spy plane. Yeah, U2 but spy that plane crash. That's not. I get it about that though. <laughs> it kind of is though. Well, it's about, uh, yeah, well, it, I, between the two, I still think I would watch Bridge of Spies. Really? Over this. Yeah, I I do think so. Even though this performance was hands down one of the best I'd seen this year, I I think I liked Bridge of Spies more. Yeah. Well, I think you're wrong. Oh, well, that's fine. <laughs> uh, no, I, I would I, watch both over Imitation Game. I would probably <laughs> as well. I mean, Imitation Game. Remember the war scenes in that was like a dead body getting run over by a tank, and then they just cut. That is right. I forgot about that. So I I don't know. I mean, in these movies that are kind of the behind the scenes of the war action, I guess it doesn't really matter what they show. Yeah. I mean, I don't don't know. The the, the thing is, like, I feel like I should have more to hate on this film, but I really enjoyed it. Yes. And another great part of it, the music, which gave... Yes. That added to that feeling of even though we've got a two-hour movie that there's not much, quote, action happening, that music added to this kind of chaotic pace to what you're seeing. Yeah, John Williams who? You know? Right, because who did the music in this? Not John Williams. Was it nominated for music, I think? Oh, flipping no. You act like I'm on IMDb or something. <laughs> um, You are and on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. yeah, well, I still don't know where... We've been doing See, this show. go to click on see full cast and crew. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Correct. See, we've been doing this. Oh, no. I don't. It is Dario Marinelli. Ah. Word. It's pre- he's pretty much the composer for all of his Atonement, Anna Karenina, Pride and Prejudice, V for Vendetta. Look at that. There you go. Thank you. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, so but I think, um, going back to the director, I think he does a good job at doing historical pieces. Absolutely. And I think he has his people. This, I mean, it's the same cinematographer, the same composer for all his totally. historical pieces, and I think he's able to do them well. Totally. He did. This same director did Atonement. Have you? Have either of you seen Atonement? No, I haven't. So yeah, it's about a, a British. That's the one about the British. Go on, soldier. Soldier trying to trying to get home. Get home. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyways. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Anyways, he does this like fifteen minute one shot of the evacuation of Dunkirk. Which is one of the greatest one-shot scenes I've ever seen. In wait, it. so this is the same time period? Yes. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was like the Revolutionary War. No. <laughs> still British soldiers, still trying to get home. <laughs> Anyways, no the the evacuation of Dunkirk and it's McAvoy, James McAvoy, walking the beach. He he he, he and his soldier buddies get to the beach and it's just him seeing everything. It's like he walks past these soldiers killing horses because they're not they can't take them or or disabling vehicles so that the Germans can't use them and and that showed the extent of the evacuation a lot better than even Dunkirk did so I I mean if you watch this guy has a distinct he's got to be British I would think I mean atonement and pride and prejudice I mean that might be he leap, is but. not British he was born in London. <laughs> It says England. Bless it. All right. So he's English, not yeah. British. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, yeah, I, I mean, I would All say right. instead of watching <laughs> Dunkirk, watch this movie and then go watch that 15-minute one-shot of Atonement, and then you're good. Cool. Where does this fall in World War II movies? Oh, that's kind of a tough one. I think it's... Um, it's questions got to be asked. It's different. different. <laughs> but, okay... Uh, you don't take away your it's take away your Saving Private Ryan. Save you, take away your the f- flags of our fathers and the. This is letters bounds better than flags of our fathers. Or I'm saying take that away. That's not in the. But like you have a lot of these behind the scenes films now. I think just I, we've reviewed three of them: Bridge of Spies, Imitation Game, and oh, you said World War Two. Yes, Bridge of Spies is not that. No, that's right. Right, that's right. <laughs> let's say World but, but same idea. Okay. <laughs> but same, same, same concept, same idea. What were you gonna say? I'd, I'd say this is one of the better movies without even having to show a lot of the totally killing that's happening. Totally. Well, that's the thing. Is like, is so many people we know what happened, but to get this little tidbit of the, especially from an American perspective, where we're not even involved at this point, and like I said, the fact that the world is on the brink of surrender to Hitler is is pretty mind-blowing to, to know that this event changed the way the world is i'd agree and i think going to war movies it's nice to see the behind the scenes things that actually happened absolutely instead of seeing oh boots on the ground this and that and seeing everybody die granted i love saving private saving private ryan wow it is one of my favorite movies sure but i think being able to do a war movie and not have those scenes makes this that much better. Well, and you still get the scenes that show the when when he has to essentially tell a group of four thousand soldiers to draw the German fire in order to save three hundred thousand soldiers, and he writes a letter to that guy, just essentially telling him, 
you're on your own. Good luck. We're not coming to help you. That scene is rough. He uh, and, and she, whatever her name was, Elizabeth Layton. Layton was typing that letter, and she she was kind of realizes mid sentence what she's typing. Yep. And just starts crying. I mean, that's you still see the impact of the war without seeing any of the war sequences. Oh, definitely. I totally forgot. I forgot about that. That's a great scene yeah, because it really she is. starts crying, and then he he like understands why and then he takes her into the war room to show her what is actually going on but that's the thing at the same time he understands that why her reaction is that way but it's a decision that has to be made oh yeah and luckily it worked (laughs) they got all the soldiers home but could you imagine if they didn't surrender lost their entire army and I mean god that's what I mean the way things fall into place is pretty crazy absolutely Rate it? I'm ready. All right. I'm last. You want to go last? Yep. Aaron, you go first. Okay. I give this movie an eight. I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. I think there's not much about it that I did not like. It's it's just one of those movies that I kind of didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I did. I expected a boring historical drama. The acting and the dialogue the way he speaks and what he says keeps you interested the entire time and it does have some of those uh, every movie every good movie needs one of those scenes where you just kind of get blown away by the aesthetics of it and i think the one the few for me were that kind of side scrolling through the street yes and then the other one is when he's in the plane looking down at the road of millions of evacuating people I mean, it's uh, some of those shots were pretty great. So eight, eight for me. Yeah, I really, really, really like the cinematography in this. Yes, film. It, it, it. Wes Anderson, I think, is way over the top when it, with his stuff, but uh, I still enjoy it. And this guy, I think, was the perfect level of your tracking shots side to side. And I, I love when you can put together uh, like sequences, like when he's they're cooking the breakfast in the morning. Yeah. Oh my god! I love this egg being cracked and then it being sizzled and then the bread pop. I just I thought it was great and I love they did that frequently throughout the film and I or, Edgar Wright does those things where he he kind of plays yes. it up to be more comedic like in uh, like hot fuzz, hot fuzz with, yeah like, when he's getting put <laughs> yeah getting yeah. dressed or whatever or and I don't think enough films take advantage of these opportunities because you can do so many tight quick cuts and. That that really allows the yeah, audience to be exactly. engaged in and it's, it. That's an example of doing the, almost the same type of thing to two different effects. Like I said, absolutely. With, even in uh, Shaun of the Dead, when he's what making a phone call or something, yep. and they do the quick cuts just to play up the comedic yep. element. But or I think what he's like writing. No, I'm not even getting yeah. into Shaun of the Dead. But God, I I just I really loved the visually this film, lighting and everything, and acting was superb i'm gonna give this a nine i really am so that's me steve go ahead like i said earlier um when i was watching this i didn't think it was that great might have just been my mood but thinking about it since then i've just kind of changed my mind a little bit um there's a lot of things that are good with the writing Sure. Uh, cinematography there's a lot like i said the, the scene where he's riding up in the elevator and it's just him uh, we've mentioned a lot of great scenes um not a lot i can pick about this movie so i'm going to say eight and a half nice uh i don't have to even punch the number in and to know that the final score is an eight and a half um 
I will say that that is a lot higher score than I thought I would give this before seeing this movie. Absolutely. I, uh, honestly, yeah. I, I had watched six of the Best Picture nominees, and the only reason I had considered watching this was because of Gary Oldman. Goldman. And that's, that and, is why I picked it. Well, yeah, and I'm glad you did, because I think I might have put it off and put it off and put it off and not watched it, because it just doesn't... I mean, a historical drama two hours long about Winston Churchill doesn't exactly scream great movie, but it really was. Well, I, I had asked, because my wife went out of town this weekend, and I was like, what movie do you not want to see? She's like, Darkest Hour. She's like, that historical piece, don't want to see it. And I was like, all right. Easy peasy. I, oh, yeah. Right? And I was like, all right. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Hell yeah. Uh, so eight and a half for Darkest Hour. Uh, by the way, guys, our website is dark uh, every hour <laughs> i got go nothing. to our website yeah go to our website <laughs> another, Great, another good tra- yeah. transition i mean i think this one faltered a little bit towards <laughs> the middle but uh nothing but you can find all of our top fives on there all of our uh episodes in the past i we're up to 100 and this is episode 156 guys that's amazing you can find us on itunes and uh, itunes podbean, podbean Pretty much any streaming website. Some guy emailed me the other day, and he's like, "Hey, we're on. You're on another website." And I was like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what that was about, but he he has us on his special website as well now too. I guess the uh, more places you can find us, the better. Yeah, we, and I believe we are still rated five stars on iTunes. So give us a review on iTunes. Also, find us on Twitter at Nothing Real and on Facebook. That's the best way ways yep. to get a hold and of whatever us. Whatever way you do, choose to. Tell us your thoughts on any of the movies we've reviewed. Give us ideas. Give us movies to review. Top five Top fives, whatever. Get a hold Absolutely. of us. Interact with us. Yeah, we want to hear from you. Absolutely. And I believe this week we'll be doing another top five. Or I'm sorry. Next week we'll be doing another top five. Uh, and I believe we will post it. So if you want to uh, have your top five read on the show, uh, email us at podcastandgroovies.com or just comment directly on our Facebook page. That's, that's podcast at nothing but real reviews. <laughs> It sounded like pockets on the reviews. Uh, you know, that's what you got to do. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that's our show. Join us on Thursday for a review of The Ritual and not Moon. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You can pick Moon for I your own I probably thing, so. will. Good, because I watched it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so let's check us out on Thursday. Someone in the show. Tell your friends. Hey, guys. Oh, big golf, huh? All right. Well, see you later. Good day, sir. You're a... Sir, I said good day. Yeah. See ya. Hasta la vista, baby. This has been the Nothing But Real Reviews and More podcast. A special thanks to Jordan Binder. Yeah. Linger, man. Yeah, totally. Linger. Hardcore.